Experiencing Shemini and Simchat Torah by Apostle Jacqueline Fedor. For those that have been reading our blasts, you are aware we do not just celebrate the feasts of God. They are to be experienced in our lives to change us, restore us, regenerate us. It is the Lord that made all this possible. Did you know, while the body of Jesus was still in the tomb, his spirit went underground and set free all those held prisoner in Hades? First Peter chapter 3, verses 18 and 19 For Christ also suffered once for sins, the just for the unjust, that he might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but made alive by the Spirit, by whom also he went, Jesus, and preached to the spirits in prison. He had been by that time beaten for man's iniquity and died to give his life as a ransom for their sins. Now he could legally atone for them and reclaim those that love God and return them to paradise. Psalm chapter 24 verses 7 through 10 prophesied of this event. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors. The gates of hell shall not prevail against the church or people of God. And the King of glory shall come in. Who is this King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates. Lift up, you everlasting doors. And the King of glory shall come in. He didn't go there to suffer. He went there to defeat hell. Who is this King of glory? The Lord of hosts. Jesus. He is the King of glory, the victor. Those set free personally experienced the Feast of Passover as they passed over from spiritual death to spiritual life. If they loved God or called on his name to save them, much like the thief that was on the cross with him, he answered them with salvation. In Luke Chapter 23, verses 42 and 43. Then he, the thief, said to Jesus, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. Not heaven, but back to God's original home for man. The thief, and all like him, experienced the Feast of Unleavened Bread, also as they were pardoned from their sins through his death. His spirit re-entered his body after all this was accomplished, and he resurrected to eternal life. Victory over death, hell, and the grave. The plan of God was therefore further revealed. Now that he had resurrected, he could legally set man free of death too. They could now die in water baptism after experiencing the Feast of Passover and Unleavened Bread, experiencing the Feast of First Fruits as they resurrected as new creatures from the watery grave. 
Romans chapter 6 verses 3 and 4. Or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. Christianity was birthed. The plan of God continued to unfold. They had now matured enough to experience the Feast of Pentecost. As they experienced this feast, they were given the gifts of the Spirit to regain a portion of the ability of original man and the fruit of his nature in place of the enemy's works of the flesh. It was also at this feast that man's spirit was awakened and it began to speak. With the baptism of the Holy Spirit, the Feast of Atonement had a much deeper requirement of repentance. John chapter 16 verse 8 And when he, the Holy Spirit, has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. By becoming new creatures in Christ, individuals that died would automatically be taken to paradise. This would leave only their body to decay and ruin in the grips of the enemy. Jesus resurrected and walked the earth among men for forty days as one risen from the grave along with others that had recently died. These were evidence of ones he set free proving him victor over the enemy in death, and that again the plan for restoration was moving ever forward. But there is more. He then ascended to the heavens, to the right hand of the Father as the victor over God's enemy and conqueror of his world. John chapter 16 verse 33 reveals this fact. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Colossians chapter 2 verse 15 Having disarmed principalities and powers, he, Jesus, made a public spectacle of them, the wicked spirits in high places, triumphing over them in it. The enemy has no legal right to man. We let them in. As a further part of God's plan to restore creation, he placed the Lord in office as mankind's high priest and spiritual covering. This was even more evidence of his victory over the enemy. You see, Jesus replaced the enemy as Satan's original assignment in the garden with Adam and Eve was to cover mankind or be their protection and intercede for them. Ezekiel chapter 28 verse 14 opens this up to us. You were the anointed cherub who covers. I established you. You were on the holy mountain of God to protect mankind and guard the government God would have later raised up. You walked back and forth in the midst of fiery stones. 
1 Peter chapter 2, verse 5, living stones raised up to be God's government. A side note, just as Satan possessed the king of Tyre, or Judas Iscariot, it was actually Jesus, through Melchizedek, that had been given a tithe of ten percent of the spoils from the battle of the kings by restored Abraham. The seed was planted with Christ for the end-time harvest of man. This seed was from the victory over the battle of the kings. So the end-time harvest would be a victorious crop produced through that victory. Hebrews chapter 7 verses 1 through 2 shows us the planting. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abraham, returning from the slaughter of the kings, and blessed him. To whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being translated, King of Righteousness, and then also King of Salem, meaning King of Peace. Do you see the Lord in this? In other words, God planted a seed and made a way for a remnant to be taken from among those born again to be purified, polished, set aside to rebuild God's kingdom on this planet. Isaiah prophesied concerning these ones. Isaiah chapter 61 verse 4 And they shall rebuild the old ruins, they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. A remnant out of a remnant, so to speak, that would be restored like their patriarch, Abraham, that God regenerated to his youth to bring forth Isaac, who would father the race that Christ would be born through. So, their restoration would come from Abraham, their immortality through the resurrected Christ to become the image of the last Adam. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 45 shows us the last Adam. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. The first brought death to man. The second, life. Galatians chapter 3, verse 16. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say, and to seeds, as of many, but as of one, and to your seed, who is Christ. Galatians chapter 3, verses 27 through 29. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. There is no preference in one over another when born through God. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 49 And as we have borne the image of the man of dust, Adam, we shall also bear the image of the heavenly man. Christ. This remnant 
or new creation, new species, is the fulfillment of the prophecy in Psalm, chapter 102, verse 18. This will be written for the generation to come, that a people yet to be created. It was in God's plan all along for them to be created for the end time, so they may praise the Lord. These intimately see him as their maker, their husband, teacher, and friend. These are different from the descendants of Adam, those set free before the cross, different also from the new creature born again through his resurrection that died after the cross. Let me explain. As Adam and Eve were completely and totally changed by swallowing Satan's knowledge, so these are totally changed by consuming God's end-time knowledge. As the scroll was opened in heaven and read by man's high priest, a new species was birthed through that revealed knowledge or through the word. James chapter 1 verse 18 Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of firstfruits of his creatures. Christianity 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 52 shows us the age of the new species. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, jubilee, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed, made immortal, restoration. How? By the knowledge from the scroll. Revelation chapter 5, verses 2 through 5. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, Who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. So I wept much, because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. There would therefore be no restoration. But one of the elders said to me, Do not weep. Behold, the line of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. So the church can move forward. The new creation is genetically designed to be messengers of love and peace, a new breed or kind of man that stands as evidence of the Lord's victory over the enemy's brash decrees to be like God. Satan has done all he can to alter mankind, along with all of God's perfect original creation, but it has ended up a useless attempt. He only brought ruin to what was already created, and he is unable to create anything else for himself. The new creation is loyal and belongs totally to their maker. They are incorruptible because they are his seed. Sadly, the harder Satan worked to make God's original creation his personal property, the more inferior he has caused it to be. 
bearing the fruit of his nature, building this world and the systems that run it from the twisted, evil knowledge Eve chose, makes it all substandard and deficient in every area of life for all creation. People are so wrong to blame God for what this world has produced and what its people do. With only Satan and his evil followers to guide and influence their thinking, the world has become more and more chaotic, resulting in utter confusion and out of harmony with the rest of the whole universe. If left to its own devices, the world would self-destruct. So let's put the blame where it belongs. This earth belongs to God and man. But this world is not. It's Satan's. But remember, God has had a plan all along for the restoration of creation. The exciting news is, those he will execute that plan through are his new species, the new creation born through the word, conceived through the revelation, released from the scroll by the Lamb. This new species are interestingly born at the time of Rosh Hashanah, as was the original pair. They pass over from the new creature to a mature different species through the end-time knowledge and the blood covenant of the Lamb. Communion was and is a much deeper meaning and experience than what has been open to Christianity. The new seedlings experience all ten feasts, or are sevened by experiencing all seven holy convocations. Beginning as new creatures, they have already experienced unleavened bread and first fruits. Their natures were changed and abilities restored at Pentecost, and they were harvested to God's barns at the Feast of Ingathering. Atonement for them became freedom, jubilee, They are living stones that are put together by the King of Righteousness to form not only New Jerusalem, but Sion, the restored house of David, promised in Acts chapter 15, verse 16, having already experienced tabernacles. Acts chapter 15, verses 16 and 17. After this, I will return through the body of Christ, and will rebuild the tabernacle of David, which has fallen down. I will rebuild its ruins, and I will set it up, so that the rest of mankind may seek the Lord, even all the Gentiles who are called by my name, says the Lord, who does all these things. Isn't his plan wonderful? Now here is where we begin to see a great difference between the seventh day child of God and those created for the eighth day. These experience the Feast of Shemini Atzeret. In fact, the Feast of Shemini Atzeret can only be experienced by this group. You see, it is an eighth day feast. Not all of God's children will experience this feast, as the majority hate change and choose to remain Seventh-day people of God. Side note, a thousand years is as a day to God. The year 2000 
marked the end of the seven thousand years since man was cast out of the garden. So seven days, or in the supernatural, a week has passed. We are therefore eighteen years into the eighth day. The number eight is symbolic of new beginnings, so the eighth day is not for those that will not change and do not hunger for truth. Without this spiritual end-time food, they will never metamorphose into the new species, and much like a worm that refuses to become a butterfly, dies while still in the cocoon. This change to a new species cannot come about if one is not circumcised in heart and mind from the world, its pleasures, its people, its ruler. Remember, circumcision was to be on the eighth day. It is time to separate. The new species must be unafraid to be different. Because Shemini Atzeret is for those living stones, God's gems that will be chosen to remain after the Feast of Tabernacles, to become polished and perfected jewels. They will be fashioned into the eighth-day bride, stars of Abraham, the promised children of God. Babylon, the old queen, mother of the world's churches and its secret societies, etc., will be replaced, rejected by the king. Atzeret means to hold back, or that which is held back, for the purpose of perfecting it. A symbolic picture was portrayed by old Israel as she celebrated the Feast of Shemini Atzeret. Only one bull was sacrificed at the eighth-day feast, whereas seventy bulls were offered during the Feast of Tabernacles. One bull for each of the seventy nations of man. But only one nation alone celebrated Shemini Atzeret. This was symbolic of new Israel. It represented also the new species. God's covenant children, the true seed of Abraham, the generation created for the eighth day in the plan of God. The eighth day child will not only be willing to walk out God's plan for man, but will love the Lord enough to obey Him. They are covenant keepers that love God's commandments, His laws, overcoming the stench of the world and its degenerate society. These also experience the final feast of God, Simchat Torah. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 10 For this is the covenant that I, God, will make with the house of Israel after those days. After the seven weeks, says the Lord, I will put my laws into their mind and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. The new species not only know about the law, these rejoice in the Torah. They love the laws of God that ensure their safety, their peace, total shalom, as they know they are backed by the sovereignty of their greater high priest, their husband, their covering. They rejoice in the knowledge that if his laws are obeyed, the laws themselves 
will guarantee the original order and harmony of the planet. Restoration will be enforced, and creation returned to the beauty of when there was no sickness, pain, sorrow, or death. Obedience to the law of God fulfills the prayer Jesus outlined for man as a model way to live and pray. Your kingdom come, your will be done, or obey the laws of God on earth as they are obeyed in heaven. The world breaks every law of God and wonders why so much evil and heartbreaking trouble pursues them. They don't think about the fact that they are under Satan's jurisdiction, his wonderful laws. It was God's will for Adam and Eve to know only good, happiness, peace, and love. But no, they wanted to know evil as well. Well, now man does know wickedness. He got what he wanted, but then has the audacity, the disrespect to blame God for his misfortune. You see, obedience to the laws of God would free man from the result of sin in their lives, bringing peace and harmony to replace the bondage of Satan's snares and his will. He came to kill, steal, and destroy, and is doing quite well. Why? Because of man's rebellion to God's laws and dislike of God's knowledge. Just like Adam and Eve. But again, the greater husband to the rescue. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 8, He who sins is of the devil. For the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. 1 John chapter 2, verse 17 tells us, And the world is passing away, and the lust of it. But he who does the will of God abides forever. In closing... The promises, the covenants, the glorious restoration will not be enjoyed by the Seventh-day Church, the old queen, nor the world, or creation caught up in it. The lawless, the intellectuals, steeped in the world's knowledge, will be held prisoners, as well in the kingdom of darkness. No matter how much good they try to do, Unless assigned to that work by God, they are wasting their time on dead works. Matthew chapter 7 verses 22 through 23 Many will say to me in that day, Judgment Day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Here is the testimony of those that experience Shemini-Atzeret, however. Romans chapter 11, verse 33. Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God! How unsearchable are His judgments! 
His laws are unquestionable, and His ways past finding out. Unless their greater husband opens the scroll for them. And here is the testimony of those that rejoice in the law, love to do His will, experiencing Simchat Torah. Revelation chapter 22 verse 14 Blessed are those who do His commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life, eternity, and may enter through the gates into the city. It will be those that attend these last two feasts that will be instrumental in starting the new earth, themselves the beginning of a new thing. They are a victorious seed, nourished by the latter rains of end-time knowledge, matured, harvested, threshed and sifted for the kingdom of God, when the battle of the kings come to an end.